Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to the Comedy Slab. And because of a certain illness going around at the moment, uh, we've decided, uh, myself and Shane, to work from home. So uh, I'm working from... <laughs> I'm working from home in North Kent, and uh, we're umbilically linked via Skype, which is handy. Oh, what? And, um, sorry. Not that you've got to see it. No, no, feel free. Come in, please, the Midlands, I, and Shane. I got it wrong again, didn't I? I'm, I'm actually recording. I'm doing this from an old people's home. I, you didn't say whose home I was supposed to be doing it from. <laughs> but you're, I thought your home was an old person's it home, is. by virtue of you being there. It is when I'm in, yes. It's, it's a, it's a dud- the average age goes down when you go out. It's a doddery affair out there, I can tell you. <laughs> This, um, that was a song, wasn't it? That Sly and the Family Stone. It's a doddery affair. <laughs> that's that's what they do now when they go on tour, isn't it? I um, oh, I, this whole um, uh, working from home. I keep seeing this on on Twitter. People say they're working from home. They go in. Like, I'm working from home. I've finished painting the shed. <laughs> <laughs> got to watch it on social media though haven't you because there's no reason for your boss not to be looking at your social media output yeah and and somebody i can't think who it was somebody probably somebody famous probably piers morgan i would have thought uh, almost certainly more than likely was <laughs> tweeting about oh all these people working from home now are surprised how little people did in offices they're all going to get the sack and i thought oh you're a cheery soul aren't you <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's all your viewers you're talking about, oh, mate. Unbelievable. I don't know if it was him, but, you know, something like that. But, yeah, they were just – and I just thought oh, – oh, no, I know it was. Julia hardly hardly Brilliant. brewed it or something. Yeah. yeah. And she was saying when she was in the 90s when she worked in an office as um, a temp that, yeah. that uh, she said I was surprised how little – I worked in a government office once. I worked in the uh, – it's all gone now, actually, so I can, I can say I, I worked in the valuation office with, for a temporary job. Um, mm. Valuing what? Well, it's, it's it's like the you know the the government department, the valuation office. They value properties. It's the people who they used to calculate the rates. I don't know what they do now if they do anything at all. They work out the rateable value of a property. Yeah, well, I suppose that yeah, the equipment is obviously council tax, but they don't get revised very often, do they? No. So so I, I don't know whether it's still in existence. I mean, it's moved, long moved from where it was in Broad Street in Birmingham. But I worked for there mm. for three months, and I was just a man. I was gobsmacked. It gave me an insight into government departments. And my brother, who worked for the Inland Revenue for quite a number of years, um, mm. I said to him, "Is, is it they don't they do like absolutely bugger all all day? Is this is this what it's like?" And he, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." He said, um, "Surprise! It's taken them all day to do it. Normally, they're finished at lunchtime <laughs> <laughs> down the path." <laughs> so yeah, so I don't know. Um, I don't. But right. Well, it's the same. I know somebody who worked for the BBC and worked for commercial TV as well, mm. and they maintain to this day. And they said, in commercial TV, they have never worked. They never worked as hard as they did when they worked there. And by comparison, the BBC was was a. And I think it's that kind of government 
relaxed department attitude, isn't it, I think, you know, that sort of thing. Can, can I tell you, uh, just by way of clarification, and uh, also either remind regular listeners or tell new ones for the first time, I do some work for the BBC Freelance. I genuinely feel it is a different BBC now. There ain't an awful lot of slack to be seen mm. these days, but I know you won't believe I me. I think you want, you want to spend some time in the commercial sector, mate. I'll tell you, it would be like, It'll be like dunked in an ice bath. You quite like that, though. Don't I thought you? it was. I, I thought it was going to be a hot bath. <laughs> um, anyway, I, and I think back. we. Uh, well, do we owe Piers Morgan uh, an apology? Which is a very painful sentence to have to say. No. Did you decide he's, what you attributed to him was actually Julia Hartley hair? No, he's he's probably he's probably done something that's worthy of rebuke, hasn't he? I would have thought. <laughs> um, I think he likes winding us up, doesn't he? It's, it's, so let's not they talk say about that about it. children, don't they? They say about hitting your children. They used to say, well, we hasn't done anything wrong. They say, well, hit him. He'll find something that he's done. You know, and it was that, that kind of, I think it's that sort of thing, isn't it, really? But there you are. I don't know. Yes, I'm sorry, okay. Piers. Sorry. Um, but he's not one of our peers. Uh, unfortunately, we are not worthy. Um, so what we're doing is, uh, we'll start in just a moment. Um, we're putting a comedy onto the slab, hence the name of this podcast. Thanks for finding us. Thanks for listening. Uh, and the comedy is uh, The Trip, which is uh, Rob Bryden and Steve Coogan leading. Uh, not necessarily in that order, actually. Um, but I think you wanted to deliver some showbiz news. Oh, I wanted your opinion, actually, only because I had mixed emotions. I saw, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's going to be a Yes Minister play. Have you seen that? Oh, no, but there was a wonderful clip doing the rounds, which I've tweeted on the uh, Comedy Slab account, which could be two civil servants talking about the coronavirus thing. That is so funny, isn't it? I must, I must admit, I howl that. It's so clever. It's, ge- it's generically perfect for any yeah. similar situation, yeah. isn't for it? Any, for any so-called emergency, isn't it? Yeah, they, that, that, yeah. that is the, the four-point the four plan for any emergency. <laughs> that's why it's so clever, isn't it? No, all, all it was, I saw, and it was Simon Callow, um, and, uh, who I've interviewed, actually, Simon Callow, many years ago. Mm. Um, and it was about the time of the rise of the X Factor, and I wanted for a joke t- to pretend that I thought that he was Simon Cowell <laughs> <laughs> when he came on. I'm laughing. Which that'll do. But yeah, he f- they, uh, they wouldn't let you. No, or he no, no. I bottled it. He just frightened me that much. He was. He was quite. An, he was quite an. Imp- he's a very serious. He's intense. Yeah, very guess. intense, yeah. and and I kind of and I kind of bottled it in the end. So it's you <laughs> not going to work because he might not know who Simon Cowell is. It, That's how intense he exactly, is. exactly. And then it just falls on its uh, on its face, doesn't it? Then, but um, yeah, Simon yeah. Cowell and Clive Francis uh, are going to star in this Yes Minister play, and I and I and I, do you know? Immediately, I thought, ooh, I had that ooh feeling, a bit mm. like when you hear a covers band try and do. A number by Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have to be Queen of all the bands well, you could have picked? Well, that is one of the bands. There are a certain number of bands where they have such a distinctive sound that I think if you don't do that justice, and I think Queen is just one of those bands, um, then mm. you're, you're dead, aren't you? Kind of thing, really. It just it just sounds awful. And I just I just I don't know. I just wondered whether you think. Would, would you go, oh, yes, oh, oh, sorry, I just hit myself in the face. Uh, would you go, yes, that is fantastic news, or would you go, oh, you shouldn't really, don't mess because I can't enjoy it because all I've got is this image of perfection in my head. I, 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 it's, it's a stupid thing to say, don't ever do anything, but 
Do you know what I mean? I was kind of really yeah, tall. Yeah, but, but I find as a consoling thought, and I'm either very right or very wrong here, they wouldn't even, for that very reason, I don't think they'd attempt it unless they felt they could do it real justice. True. I don't, I, you know, it's not, it's not like um, it's the, uh, the Batley Amateur Dramatic Society, <laughs> or BADS for short, with apologies to any Batley Amateur Dramatic Society there may or may not be. It, to me, though, it was just one of the, because it was one of the... Now, I, I watched the remake of, uh, of Porridge, Mm-hmm. Um, which, which, um, well, not a remake, but it was a kind of like a the next chapter, as it were. But I kind of liked what they'd done with that, and it was the, it was the same, uh, the same writer. So I kind of think, well, it, it it did kind of work for me on another level. Mm. But I don't know whether you can replace like for like, and and that that's what I had a I had a bit of a moment, and it was only that I wasn't thinking, oh no. You know, it's sacrilege. They shouldn't do it or anything. But I just, I just, thought, I wonder whether you felt the same. Just you um, tacking on the end of that very briefly, just before we start the um, slabbing uh, for real on the trip. Um, I was speaking to some friends who'd just seen the Upstart Crow West End play. Oh right, okay. And that's a different story, of course, because it, um, it's not the full cast you see on the TV, but you have got you know, um, David Mitchell. Anyway, apparently they smash it. Um, and it does sound like a, a riot. So, um, but that's obviously very different with a, a show that's fresh in the memory, and uh, you've got some of the same cast. Yeah. Um, anyway, that sounds like that's going down uh, uh, like a, a treat, and of course, a Ben Elton script. Anyway, we will get our um, surgical masks on <laughs> for more than one reason, um, because we've got to uh, operate on the patient that is the trip. Now, this has been semi-requested. Uh, there is a rider in there, which is my get-out clause in a way. Um, thank you very much to our follower on Twitter, where we are, naturally enough, at Comedy Slab. Uh, a woman who goes by the marvellous name. I'm assuming it's a, a woman. Certainly it's a female handle. Uh, and all evidence appears to be that uh, uh, it is indeed a woman of the opposite sex, as I said once. And a male friend said, what, you mean a man? <laughs> Anyway, I think it's a woman of the opposite sex. Uh, it is the wonderfully named Mrs. Miggins. Logic from Viz. Oh, sorry, yeah. I had to think for a moment. And then, uh, because I haven't read Viz since about 1986, I had to check out this character who wasn't in there in 1986. And uh, do you know who this is based on? It's not actually Mrs. Logic. Even more gender-bending, it's Mr. Logic uh, is the character in Viz. Uh, he's so uber-logical that, um, well... Disaster ensues, shall we say, and leave that there. So, um, but the, the difference here is, and so apologies to um, Mrs. Logic, that um, uh, we are not slabbing the series you originally requested via Twitter. We're going to do that annoying disc jockey thing and play you another record that's nearly as good there, mate. And um, we're actually going for series one. What, what, what he's trying to say is neither of us have got Sky and we can't get it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Or is it that we feel, you know, it's, it's matured like fine wine or we're about to find out? I don't know. Yeah, one of the two. I thought, you no, of course, you don't have, you famously don't have subscriptions other than Audible. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's the only one I got. I, I did yeah. have Sky once, once upon a, a moon ago, and I, I just realised I wasn't watching any of it, and I just thought, this is just bonkers, really. So, yeah, it was uh, mm. off into the long grass. And the, th- the problem with Sky is there's so many add-ons, aren't there? If you have the basic package, you might as well not bother. You know, because you've you got to add on. If you want the football, oh, that's an add-on. If you yeah. if you want something entertaining, that's an add-on. 
Um, you have to subscribe to the Trip Channel. The Trip <laughs> Channel. Yeah. But it's on, is it is it Sky Arts or something? I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, it, and I, and I kind of thought, oh. I'm... Anyway, they're up to series four. I think it is. Four is the latest one, right. isn't it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're off to Greece. But we are slabbing series one, episode one, so the. Uh, the very beginning, a very good place to start, as someone once sang. And uh, they begin at home, as you do, uh, in the UK, uh, and more to the point, near Clitheroe. So I think it's high time to get on to the first of three audio clips. And um, I've I've stolen a, a, a leaf out of your book, um, uh, Shane, which is to go right at the top of the show. Uh, and this is really from frame number one. And they set up the show beautifully, so um, I couldn't do it better myself. And it's a, a scene that lasts pretty much a minute. And uh, so this is Steve Coogan. I should explain the visuals at least, which you're not going to get, obviously. It's, uh, uh, it was BBC Two, I assume, originally, I'm guessing. Uh, it's certainly a BBC show. Anyway, so he's staring out the window across um, London, central London. And uh, he's in what looks like a sort of apartment. He's on the phone. And it turns out, as we discover pretty quickly, he's on the phone to Rob Brydon. So it's Steve Coogan playing Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon playing Rob Brydon. Hello. Hey, Rob, Steve. Oh, hiya. How are you? Good, good. Uh, listen, are you free next week to go away? Where? Um, it's kind of a tour, tour of the north, a restaurant tour, really good restaurants. Right. Me? Uh, well, Misha is unavailable. You, you, you met Misha, haven't you? Uh, is she your assistant? No, no, that's Emma. No, no, uh, no, Misha's my girlfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Australian girl. No, God, no, it was ages ago. No, anyway, well, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, Misha can't come and I don't want to go alone. I've, uh, asked other people, uh, but they're all too busy. So, you know, do you want to come? Uh, well, don't know, really. I'd have to ask Sally. Um, it's a job. I'm not asking you to go on holiday with me or anything weird. It's, uh, it's, it's for the Observer magazine. Right. Uh, they're going to pay for everything, and there's a small fee, which I'll split with you 60-40. When is it? And next Monday. Oh. You can see he's obviously talking from a very swanky place as well in London, isn't he, when you're looking at the... Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Looking at the view out the window. He's like on a terrace, isn't he, looking at the view out the window, and you kind of think, wow, it's, uh, it's not a bad place. All right, so... Um, mm. Hang on, I've lost track oh, of... Oh, I've got to guess what your reaction is going to be, and then you tell me your headline. It has to be in that order. That's it, yeah. You, te- you tell yeah. me what you think I'll think of it, and then I'll <laughs> and I'll give you... And then I'll tell you what I think of it. Oh, lummy. Um, now, it's very easy for me to possibly project my own feelings onto it. We, uh, just by way of answering your question, um, <laughs> doing a bit of, I'm buying a bit of time, frankly, some thinking time. Um, we... Certainly uh, are fans of early Partridge, early Alan Partridge. Um, Although as uh, radio personnel or sometime radio personnel presenters, it's also, um, it's the worst thing you can be in a way because you're, I remember on live radio shows, I would allow myself two Partridgeisms in one show. If it went over that and when you're doing live shows, you are bound to say something daft um, sooner or later, uh, usually sooner. So uh, you like Coogan's work. I'm going to, I'm going to plump in the middle there actually, which is, it's not Partridge at its best. Um, You don't have a strong antipathy to it, but 
you you're some you're a bit sort of blandly in the middle not passionate about it or against it you just kind of kind of like it can i just say you just made me think there i had a producer who was so rubbish once that i had to fill for 20 minutes and I and I actually looked at it on the clock, and I, I ended up. I was mm. just telling stories, and you think that's a that's a nightmare. Yeah, I had a fill for twenty minutes, and because uh, because they're just we haven't got anything, we've got nothing to go to. Just fill, just fill. Okay, ah. I'll tell you who it was and, off and, and You won't be surprised in the least, but there you go. <laughs> Anywho, um, I I'm going to surprise you now. I like cheese. <laughs> um, I think you tried that one last week. <laughs> <laughs> I um, shall I give you my headline, and then all might become clear. It ought to, uh, otherwise, it's a bad headline, surely. Uh, well, my headline would be the trip of a lifetime. Yeah, are you being sarcastic? Well, you see, this is it. it doesn't become clearer, does it? Really, it's not. It's not a great help. Mm. Um, I absolutely. Oh, here we go. Adore it. Oh, okay. I, do you know what? I'd seen this, and I've only ever watched this once, and I think I've watched the first three series uh, once, which is unusual for me because I do tend to have a kind of habit of like going through something. Oh, I'll watch that now. I'm feeling a bit fed up, and or somebody's, somebody's made me feel a bit fed up, and I think, oh, I'll watch something to cheer myself up a bit. Something mm. in my mind has made me think, oh, no, it's not, it's not, it's not a one that you're going to sit down. I was absolutely blown away by how much I enjoyed it. I really was, um, because and, I, and we'll explain why as we as we go through. There's so many reasons, but mm, mm. but because I just didn't remember it like that. And this this has happened to me before. I don't know, you know, I can't, I can't. I think old Harry's game was a similar one that we did a, a radio show um, mm. a few a few episodes ago, which I'd I'd heard before, and and hadn't remembered as it was, and kind of really really sort of enjoyed it. But um, the yeah, Andy Hamilton, vehicle. yeah, I I. I for so many reasons, it gave me such a lift um, this week to 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 watch this. I, I, I must admit, it was it was fab. What about you? As they say, uh, I thought that was a play on words. It gave me the trip gave me a lift. That should have been your headline, sure. Oh yeah, well I thought trip of a lifetime was quite good. It's just you never know whether I'm being sarcastic. I do have this problem, don't I? Where when I'm being sincere, people think I'm being sarcastic, <laughs> and vice versa. Yeah. So tell me what Although, tell uh, me what you thought of it. I'm really interested. Yeah, I'm really interested. And I we're <laughs> sarcastic so and so. See, that was sincere. Was, for two seconds I was falling for it, and then I thought, that's just, that's not shame. <laughs> so do you want to know or not? Because I now get the impression you're not remotely interested in my view. It's all about you, isn't it? I'm very interested. Oh god, look, it's gone again. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need the your sincerity ducts clearing out, <laughs> uh, ducky. Well, here's the thing. I've gone through a similar journey. Uh, see what I did there? Um, not necessarily over years in the way you have, but uh, between the first and the second viewing. Just a, re- a reminder for for people who may have forgotten, or if you're new to the show, um, we we take this seriously on your behalf. Um, to some extent, we watch shows so you don't have to. Uh, and listen to them. But no, actually, we'd prefer that you, you made your own mind up as well. Um, but uh, I, uh, on the first viewing, I, I was a- I was actually sharpening my rapier wit 
and then remembered I didn't have any. Uh, I was sharpening a sort of green biro after the first viewing where I was really disappointed. Oh, wow. And um, mostly around the fact I, I did some reading around and I thought, I'm pretty sure this has got to be ad-libbed or certainly the stuff at the table when they're eating. Uh, so the premise is, as you've gathered, uh, they're, um, they're doing food reviews around the country, around the Lake District, as it turns out, and um, Clitheroe first, um, for the Observer magazine. Um, and then I, I, I thought, well, I'll look out for a writing credit at the end, and if there isn't one, that would be a clue that that bit could be ad-libbed. And there, is, um, there isn't a writer's credit, but if you dig into something like imdb.com, uh, Internet Movie Database, um, they, they are down, not altogether surprisingly, Rob Brydon and Steve Coogan as joint writers, mm. but in brackets, uncredited. Um, I, I'm, let's just pause there for a sec. How much do you think is ad-libbed? I, I kind of get the impression that they outline scenes. Um, now, bear, yeah. bear in mind the background of this as well. Uh, Rob Brydon had previously done a series called Marion and Jeff. I think that was before the trip, wasn't it, Marion and Jeff? Oh, yes, I remember that, yeah. Which, they were shorter, weren't they, 15 minutes? Yeah, which, which, which they, they, were, they were ad-libbed. I think they were kind of um, – because I remember – I think Henry Normal, actually, um, from Baby Cow, uh, Steve mm, Coogan's partner. The production company. Yeah, Steve mm. Coogan's partner. Um was actually in the back of the car and they were kind of, you know, driving around. Like Rob was driving around because he was a minicab driver, wasn't he, in this? Yeah. And, and doing all the stuff. And, and I think I think they kind of like broad brushed the scenes. And I think I think they kind of, you know, I get the impression that it was like something that Coogan wanted to try. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what they do is that they, they broad block it out and then like just go for it. And they, I'd like to see the rushes from this i'd like to i wonder how much there mm. there was actually they filmed in order to get what they used and i would suspect it'd be quite a lot wouldn't it really and i think i think i kind of got the impression as well that they kind of go back over let's do that again and let's i'll say this and you say that and kind of writing it on the hoof is that is that how you saw it or well there's a lot of over talking when they're at the table so that's where i think the main bulk of ad-libbing is you see i love that and then, uh, I, I really love that. That did you talk over me then? I think I did, just to prove a point. <laughs> I yeah. I do. Well, it's not I, in the script, mate. But it doesn't I, say. After <laughs> you, darling. I do. Carole. I love it. I love it because it it provides a level of realism. Mm. That that it's it's like nobody ever sneezes, do they? In in dramas, nobody ever just goes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry about that. You know, it, it just you shouldn't catch that via Skype because. <laughs> because because they would just reshoot that, and and yeah, I, I don't know. I just I love that talking over. I love that. I think the realism in the dialogue is just exquisite. But there is one sequence, one shot to be uh, precise, where um, Mr. Coogan trips, forgive the pun, not once but twice on his words. That's in a he's on shot for one particular shot for five seconds or ten seconds. Mm. That annoyed me because I thought. Well, he must have had to throw away the perfectionism that, that I associate with the Steve Coogan um, and anyone who's seen Alan Partridge. Whatever you feel about the character, uh, I think you can get the sense of uh, the hard work he puts into it. Yeah. 
I think. I, I also got the feeling that he had to, in a way, because you're right, I mean, the impression that he gives when he's interviewed as Steve Coogan is that, that obviously he takes his work very seriously. There's a bit of vanity there as well. You know, he's because he's, you know he's a good-looking young guy, and you know he likes he likes relationships and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. You know, so there's there's that kind of thing. But I I would feel that he would have to kind of, in his own mind, make this Steve Coogan a character in order to. I mean, right in that first clip that you chose there, and there's a, there's mm. a small fee which I'll split with you, sixty forty. You know, he doesn't he doesn't portray himself as a nice guy does he in in all of this no you know you come away after the half hour episode thinking oh he's rotten to rob you know poor old rob is downtrodden and and browbeaten well that's interesting i didn't i just think they're equally rotten to each other but um let me just finish my point very quickly and then we must get on our um second audio Mm, clip mm. which is that somehow and i'm not entirely sure how it happened but from the first viewing to the second viewing was quite a big chunk i didn't laugh once uh in the first viewing second time not big belly laughs but i don't think it's that kind of show no. it's back to my new genre the lacy named genre of a smile com mm. and because uh, of course this is all post the office and there's no um audience uh clearly no studio audience because we're not even in the studio it's all on um, location um yeah, I think without exception. Um, anyway, so that's that's interesting why I changed. But I was ready to lay into it and to be quite annoyed, really, that two comedy titans, I think it might be fair to call them, it won't be to everyone's taste, but then no no one comedian is. Um, but that, that, that there was, unusually for them, who have the most massive work ethic, that this was a little bit lazy because of... You know, guys swapping impersonations. Anyway, that's a good point to come into clip number two. Um, so you gathered uh, Misha's Steve's girlfriend, or is she? Is it on? Is it off? Well, it's on and off indeed uh, throughout the show, it would seem. Uh, eventually they speak uh, over a transatlantic phone line, but uh, that's not what we're going to hear now. We're going to hear a, a bit at the table. So this is kind of typical tabletop uh, talking um and uh steve is just explaining why uh it's actually sorry what it's come from is that steve's just had a bit of tomato soup so dinner's arrived or started to arrive and he said ah it's tomato-y and then um rob bryden's kind of saying well you you know what are you doing this gig for because that's not really your your thing is it being um a, a culinary uh, expert and this is uh, steve's reply look the reason i was doing this trip was to bring misha along she's passionate about food she loves food uh, she's the food buff she's the food the she's the she's a very confident food yeah i thought she could help me and i wanted to show misha the uh, you know the north show her a piece of me you're from manchester you could take I'm her around the- and show her the the, the gun crime sites i'm from the north the north has has an identity of itself yeah, I'm not saying where the Wales does. I think it does. I think the North had a the North could be a different country. It's, it has as much of an identity as Wales. Are you seriously saying that, that you think the North of England what, has a stronger what? hang on, a stronger yeah. identity than yes. Wales? Yeah, yes. Yeah, a chicken and a seabass for table 32, please. Industrial Revolution, the very first railway in the world, 
in Manchester, which revolutionised the world, probably more than anything else in the last 200 years. Richard Burton. What a piece of work as a man, former being Vice President Admiral and action like names and applications like God. Anthony Hopkins. I want a room with a view, I want to see a tree. I think anyone over 40 who amuses themselves by doing impressions needs to take a long, hard look in the mirror. <laughs> i got to say... When he ordered the soup, I thought of you instantly because the soup of the day, it was Thursday, Joe sprung to mind straight. From the royal family, re- reference last week. When, yeah. when Bryden goes off on, on that, uh, on that uh, Anthony Hopkins and... Uh, Richard uh, Burton first. Richard, Richard, Richard yeah. Burton and then Anthony Hopkins. I mean, I did, and I laughed out loud again then. I mean, it's just... I heard it, yeah. Uh, there's something about... I'm, I've interviewed Rob Bryden again a, a while ago. Oh, do tell. We need more info. It was actually it was at the time when he was plugging Marion and Jeff. I think the first the first series of Marion and Jeff had just started, and mm. the only thing really that that he was known for or very well known for was the voice of the toilet duck adverts. And um, during the interview, and I said to him, I said, "Of oh, course, you know you do other work as well. So you you do commercials, don't you?" And he and immediately without he doesn't even skip a beat. He goes. <laughs> Yes, it's new, it's fresh, it's toilet duck. And he like, goes, <laughs> so he's, I think he's kind of like that anyway. Um, you know, he's he he will go off and he'll talk in other voices. I mean, we do it all the while when we're not, when we're not doing the podcast, we talk to each other in many, <laughs> I mean, accents is the big thing with us, isn't it really? Is it? We have been known to do it on the podcast, but um, yes, I, I I, I think I'm biting my tongue on this one because I don't want to be compared, and I could only be compared unfavourably, I think, to uh, to the, these titans I've referred to, and indeed your good self. So, uh, well, let, let's see uh, how much of a sense, in as much as he was going to give away, because it's not you and him over a pint, it's you on air, him on air, he wants to promote a show, uh, you want to make a good show and have the best conversation. What sense were you able to get under those slightly artificial circumstances of the kind of guy he is. I, 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 we're around the same age, actually. It was nice to see in, in this, they've given him a child around the age of, of my daughter, which I thought was, I thought I was, there's not only me in the, in the clarts, as they say in Scotland then. Um, but yeah. I, thought, I won't remind you that this show is actually 10 years old, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about <laughs> that. cheating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you've airbrushed that. No, I forgot about it. I was, thought I was watching it. Now, yeah, that's the trouble with TV, isn't it? It's like when people have passed on, you think, are they still no, with us or no? I can't remember. Age shall not weary them. Um, yeah. yeah, I he I, I, there was a great deal. It felt like having a conversation in the pub over a pint, which I always thought oh, right, uh, as an interview was a, was a success for me. I kind of thought, you know, you got the best out of people when you had a nice, relaxed chat with them. There was no sense of urgency in selling what he was selling, which I always thought was a very uh, clever move as well. He told a lovely story because he started in, in radio as well. He started, he worked for Radio oh, Wales. He was a continuity announcer, like myself. Well, he had a, I don't know if that was at that time. But. He had a show. He had a, he had a show on Radio Wales for, for a oh, short right, time. Right. And so I, I think he did TV announcing then, perhaps. And I, I, was, well I was saying to him about the difficulties that, you know, um, it's finding a good, good staff are hard to find. Kind of. He said, oh, tell me about it. He said, when I had a... I worked with the producer, he said, and uh, he said her name was. Uh, he said, no, "I can, I can be indiscreet now." He said, "I mean, I'm, I don't think this was a real name, but he said, it, it, you know, it, her name was Megan." He said, and uh, he said, "I was talking to a caller the one day." He said, "And this little little dog uh, yapping away in the background." He said, "Oh, that's not a nice little dog, isn't it?" She said, "Oh yeah." She said, "Oh," he said, "It's my little dog." He said, "It's called called Megan," and he went, "Oh really?" He said, "We've got a bitch called Megan works here too." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> was this live yeah. so that you couldn't bleep him? Yeah. <laughs> How true oh, it was, lovely. I don't know, but it was a nice little story. No. There was, there was a, there was. A, I've always got an affinity to him because of, because of the, you know, the, the conversation that I had with him. Because I always, like I say, I always think now, oh, poor, hard done by Rob, being attacked by yeah. nasty old Steve. But <laughs> I really, I think to that degree, I really felt for it. I really, I kind of felt like the first time I watched it, without making notes, I loved it. I just kind of felt like I'd, I'd gone on the trip with him. I was that third person sat at the table, and I think you know. Oh, you kind of you know when you forget yourself and you forget where you are and you forget what the time is and you forget how long it's you've been your age, it, it's your age, love. I forgot my name and whether I'd taken my tablets or not, <laughs> and whether I had my keys with me. And who's this strange woman in my house? <laughs> and are these my feet, as Father Jack says? Um, but yeah, oh, okay. Well, I'm, you're saying all the right things. Obviously, you know we don't know him as a pal, but um, but to me, that grated this this. Uh, there's some contradictions in it, and maybe I should just you know lighten up a bit, dude, as people will be shouting at their pod playing devices probably. But you know, why would Rob join Steve? Uh, let, let's say this is the Rob in quotes because Rob playing Rob, a version of himself. And Steve, in quotes, playing a version of uh, Steve Coogan. Why would Rob join Steve when he's already said there's not much money in it? Um, I suppose there's food in it, obviously, and there's, you know, getting away from London or whatever for, for, for Rob. Doesn't seem to want to get away from his family because that seems to be quite a happy unit. Yeah. I don't quite get why would you want to spend your time with, this kind of narky in this narky relationship where neither can admit they really whether they like each other. Don't, don't you think? Don't you feel that the undercurrent of it is that they do really like each other? Though there's there is, despite all the the niggling and the and the. I did. I, I yeah. I mean, it's funny you say that. I only really got that towards the end of the second viewing when I was feeling a bit more warm towards it generally. Okay. But but I do get I'm weary at the same time. Even saying that, you're seeing two alpha males kind of lock antlers. Uh, Rob, Rob isn't an alpha male, is he? Surely he's not. Well, I didn't see I didn't see him as as downtrodden as you're portraying him. He can hold his own. If you if you count how many times he says he says hang on hang on as he's trying to as Coogan's <laughs> trying to. Um, you know, sort of railroad him into whatever he's saying at the time, and he, even even I think during an impression, I think when he's doing the Michael Caine impression, he's going, "Hold on, oh, yeah. hold on, hold on, let me finish, let me finish." And he's, yes. you know, I, I, that's I did get the impression that there was that that Coogan was the top dog, and but Wally's pushing back against that though, isn't he, Rob? That's why mm. he's saying, "Hold on." Yeah, I mean, I think it's clever because if you think career-wise at the time, that's where they were. I mean, you know, by this time, Coogan had done Partridge and 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 Saxondale, and he'd done movies, and he wanted to do more movies, and you know, there's there's little flashes of reality mm. that just to me are the are the glue in between that kind of make it even because you kind of you sit there and you think, you know, is that is that reality or is that I do. That is a fascinating question. Yeah, I know it's a very obvious one, and people are always asking if someone writes a book, you know, how much of this is you, how much is your story, 
and so it's it, it's almost a pub bore question, but I'm obviously a pub bore when it comes to that question, and um, I do find it interesting. Uh, just before I forget, uh, there's a team of um, production companies um, all vying for credit for this. You've mentioned Baby Cow. Let's do the story very quickly. You know why it's called Baby Cow. I think we've probably mentioned this before. Because uh, it's Paul Calf, isn't it? Or Pauline Calf. Paul or Pauline Calf, yeah. Oh, I always like yeah. Paul Calf better than Pauline Calf. I did students. Um, always t- <laughs> Effing students, yeah. I think. <laughs> As he was dragging on a, yeah, drawing on a cigarette. So, yeah, um, that's... Uh, <laughs> one of my favourite lines in, in the Paul Calf thing was he's sitting having his uh, breakfast one morning and uh, somebody comes in, one of the, one of the um, I think it's his ex-girlfriend comes in, she goes, you got a job yet, Paul? He goes, yeah, I'm a food taster for sugar puffs. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. That's, I hadn't heard that. That's a lovely one. Sharp. Anyway, there's also uh, Revolution Films. Does that ring any bells for you? That, you? that is actually, I think that's, that was the company that Rob Brydon was, uh, was, oh, no, no. I tell you, actually, I made a, qu- a quick note here no. just because I knew you'd ask this question. You're so predictable. Um, Have you? Uh, well, you're predictable in that you've done the research. It was actually Michael Winterbottom's company, that is. Oh, no, he's the director. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Then Arby. Now, you obviously worked out. That took me a moment, but... Yeah, that's Rob Brydon's. Why is it called Arby? Rob's... It's... Um, no, I don't know. Go on. R.B. Oh, R.B., Rob Bryden, yeah. Rob Bryden, yeah. indeed. Yeah. And then um, commissioned by the BBC. So, um, and also, kind of and also you missed one out later, it was also Small Man Productions as well for for uh, for Sky, which is also a, um, uh, a Rob Bryden company. And I don't know if you know, because his biography is... Because uh, he does this impression of a small man in a box. Have you heard that? Matt? Yeah, did he do that in your interview? He, he, no, it was before that. I didn't see him before he oh, used to do that as part of his repertoire. But yeah, Small Man Productions as well, when they when they moved over to Sky, that was another company that was involved. So they've had a few, haven't they? It's all a tax doc. No, I, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, right, on to our third and final clip, and then we've got to uh, reach some kind of resolution in terms of um, marking it out of five each. Um, a reference here to um, what... <laughs> Why is that of itself funny? No, it wasn't. I was just looking through my notes, and I just, I just saw a line that when they when they they it turns out they've got a, a double bed in the room, yeah. And uh, and Rob Bryden says to Steve Coogan, he's going, what 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 do you what do you think will happen? He said, what's what you know what's going to happen? Steve Coogan says, you might touch my bottom. <laughs> I've written it in my notes. You might touch my bottom. <laughs> Yeah, let's hope no one finds your notes um, out of context. <laughs> Millard, I'd like to bring Exhibition B to uh, your attention. My love. <laughs> Exhibit A. Yeah, my love. Anyway, uh, away from the courtroom, um, the reference here to honing your brush is uh, to uh, children's uh, well-loved uh, foxy puppet character, Basil Brush. And... Um, uh, that's just as uh, Steve goes outside because it turns out you can't get a, a, a mobile phone signal inside um, and he needs to talk to his agent. So he leaves. There's, there's a brief bit. Uh, I'm having to fill in the visuals for you, dear listener. There's a brief bit where we cut back to um, Rob Bryden and hopefully uh, it, it is very quick, but hopefully it will make sense in the context of what we're talking about, about impersonations and so on. Um, so, um, yes, do hone your brush, won't you? <laughs> Boom, boom. Okay, I'm going to call my agent. You can, uh, you can hone your brush. OK, 
Can I speak to Greg? Hi, is that Greg? It is, yes. Hey. Hey, how are you? Very good. You You emailed me, asked me to call. Yes, I did. Yeah, nothing uh, nothing urgent, just a, a bit of a catch-up, really, see see how you are. In your nose like that. Through the nose. Through the nose. Martin came to us and through the nose. Can you hear me, Greg? No, I can't. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes, I can hear yeah. OK, I'll stay here. What's What else? Right, uh, Doctor Who. Oh, Do very, Doctor Who. Very keen what is it? The baddie? Yeah. I don't want to do British TV. Well, I mean, all you need is you just need one film, Steve, and that will that will prepare you. I've done ten. You need the right film. Sorry, we've got forty-two on table four for me. You see, you've got you've got a huge amount of momentum behind you. Yeah, you get you get momentum when you're going downhill. <laughs> well, yes, but I want to be in films, good films. <laughs> And just so real. I mean, I, I just think he's just so – it is so authentic. I do love the cutaways um, when he's, go, he's going back. <laughs> Rob Brighton's wrestling with himself now about, about, <laughs> through how, the nose. about how good – Michael Caine. They've had this kind of duel, yeah. haven't they, across the table about like both doing their Michael Caines. And I, I started explaining it to my wife and saying <laughs> that Michael Caine yeah. – through all the cigars and the brandy over the years, he now talks oh, no. like, and and you just think, yeah, he does actually. When he's in the Batman films, that's exactly how he's been. You, and big, but you don't, because Michael Caine is a he's a kind of staple, isn't he, of um, impressionist in a way. Yeah, and and they, you know, they all get it. In fact, he tells a story in his in his book about that about people. He he said he said it just gets bigger and bigger. He said every time I see, he said, you know, they go. Hello, my name is Michael Caine. He's <laughs> going, I've never talked like that in my entire life. <laughs> yes. Michael Caine says he can't impersonate himself the way people do. Yeah, yeah um, it's uh, fabulous. But uh, it's, it's long since left him, hasn't yes. it? It's gone into the stratosphere <laughs> of uh, impersonations. Um, I thought it was a nice, uh, nice little appearance by um, Justin Edwards as Steve's UK agent. Do you know I looked at his at, at his uh, career so far, mm. and he has got an epic CV. When you look at the mm. things, he's he's like a, very often a supporting actor, isn't he? But such a good one. Gosh, I didn't realise he was in nineteen seventeen, which has been festooned with Oscars recently. Yeah, I mean he just pops up all over the place, and I mean the the big one that I've known him for recently, of course, he was in the thick of it, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, I think he played the. Was he one of the one of the incoming MPs? I think so, I don't know. I think a, a hapless MP, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he got yeah, absolutely slaughtered by Malcolm Tucker, didn't he? So, um, as, as most people did in that in that show. Oh yes, well he definitely would be an underdog type, wouldn't he? And yeah. he plays that so well. Strangely, sort of a nice guy. Sorry, strangely enough, I was going to say that actually kind of threw me a bit because I recognised him and I thought. I only wanted to recognise um, Bryden and Coogan. I, I didn't. I didn't really want oh, to recognise right. anybody else because it kind of it it burst the bubble for me. Right, that's interesting. Yes, because they are playing themselves, and so if you see another actor you recognise, you think, are they playing themselves? And maybe that's why it doesn't work. So yeah, that didn't trouble me. Um, the other thing that troubled me a bit was that the uh, the lady at the hotel <coughs> who uh, Steve Coogan was coming on to a bit. Oh yeah, didn't oh, didn't right. know who he was, and I kind of thought, 
Is that? Is that? I wondered whether she was playing that or just being so professional. There's a sort of level of celebrity in a posh hotel where you have to pretend you you they're kind of above celebrity almost in a very odd way, right. and that you're not recognised. I don't know. That's yeah. I could live with that. But did you notice her character name? Magda. She's from Poland. Yes. Yeah. What's that remind you I of? I did think, is that, is that, do you have to be called Magda if you come from Poland? I don't know, but... Uh... Uh, certainly true in um, Lead Balloon, which came which came first. Um, They're around about the same time, weren't they? Yeah, very similar. I wouldn't like to call that one, really. Um, no. I think, I think do you know, there's, there are flashes of, of partridge that leak through from... And, of course, it would, because... Oh, the, the the wine tasting? Did you notice that? A sort of reference to the Foxtrot restaurant? Yeah. The uh, the shooting, you know, they, they, were, they were doing impressions of guns with silencers. <laughs> which... <laughs> I did laugh second time through, of course. Uh, that, that, yeah. No, it'd be more like this. <laughs> and if it goes into the skin, it's... <laughs> just, just, and but I think there might be a scream as well. Actually, if it goes into the flesh, but, but hey, but again, you have to see the show again. Oddly, yeah. that doesn't ruin it, doesn't it? When you see when you see glimpses of partridge, because you kind of you 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 feel that you would anyway. Well, I think it's a knowing nod, and reasonably subtle. Not so subtle. I mean, if I got it, it can't be that subtle. But um, it wasn't too much in your face i thought it was and and of course if you don't know the partridge reference then you it's all it, it's seamless it's part of the story and it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb what what about the, the just being the two of them i mean the, the, i know there were there were there were cutaways to the kitchen the only other real um uh, character in there were, were greggy's agent that we just saw then um his mm. girlfriend and magda who worked in the hotel that was kind of it wasn't there's was only five of them i think wasn't there really in the in the cast. I think so. And a lot of what appeared to be uh, maybe a, um, a more senior um, clientele at the hotel. That was a bit odd, actually. There was a cutaway to that after they'd got really loud, either talking about Michael Caine or one of their characters, they cut away and there's no reaction whatsoever yeah. from the people. That wasn't believable. It lo- that looked like it looked like he'd been shot on the other day, and... didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I just put that in my notes um, as well. That ruined it a bit for me. I thought, you know, because... I got the impression that like the scenes in the kitchen when they were preparing the food were the were the real staff. It looked that way, and you almost got that sense that you know when someone who's not used to being on camera knows they're on camera, you get that half smile where I'm acting normally. Hello, yeah, <laughs> sort of yeah. Um, that bit of a shame, but I that probably made the budget go a bit further. Yeah, I mean, being talk, talking about the, the the camera work and the shots as well, I forgot to mention n- near the start. Uh, mm. Where they're approaching the, uh, the the sort of real sort of rural countryside, um, there were some lovely long shots of the of their car coming through, and I just oh yeah, and it is beautiful countryside, of course, and they yeah. were gorgeous shots as well. I mean, like painstaking shots as well. They'd obviously taken a bit of time to set those up, and I, I don't. Oh, yeah. I thought that kind yeah. of paid off for me as well because it, it it sort of it set the pace. I mean, it was that was the other thing I quite liked about it. It was a nice pace. It didn't feel like they were rushing through it. If, if mm. uh, isn't isn't there a thing about voyeurism? Uh, you might have a thing. <laughs> don't lump me in, mate. Is, see, sorry, is looking. this group therapy tonight? I didn't. I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> well, I'm looking at you on camera, but unfortunately, our listeners are spared this indignity. It's, well, and the reason I ask is that um, I mean, it's a very. I'd, there was almost like um, I thought. Actually, this is this is very similar in in 
concept, except theirs is set up and stage. So what we're doing here, I mean, if people listen to this podcast, they're listening to just two guys talking about, um, you know, their views on on comedy shows. I mean, it's it's kind of like in in the the scheme of things, it's it's almost valueless, isn't it? Really, um, and mm, and some weeks charming. it's worthless, but. Um, <laughs> Might be to you, Dan. It <laughs> means all the lot to me. Um, do you know what I mean, though? But but there is there is a voyeurism aspect to what we're doing here, and I just wonder whether there's uh, this. There was a project I wanted to do. I won't, I won't mention what it was because I still want to do it. It's getting worse by the minute, dear listener. And, and this was yeah. and this that was like kind of based on on our love of of eavesdropping. I thought you say our love for each other, <laughs> darling. <laughs> is that the subtext here that we appear to hate each other? I can't stand most of your views. Um, I can't stand you viewing me. That's, that's the real problem. And uh, you might touch my bottom. That's the real worry. But anyway, um, why do you think I'm self-immolating, uh, self-isolating? Anyway, concentrate. I was going to th- – I thought of something else I wanted to say there. Now it's gone. You, Damn it. You haven't answered um, any of my questions. I just no, because I don't understand them, frankly. <laughs> I don't understand – oh, no, I know what I was going to say. Yeah. It, there was a good contrast, uh, and we have touched on this at the beginning. Um, but it's also, it's us, funnily enough. You're a family man. I'm a separated man. Yeah. Uh, difference being, I haven't even got the kids. My life's even more miserable than the Steve Coogan version of Steve Coogan. You do kind of get the impression um, that he's he's searching for something that he hasn't found, and he's not happy in the life that he's... I mean, there was a, there was a lot of subtext that, that you kind of... And this is when I think the, the writing is very clever. Um. But then, and to, if it's written down, yeah, and but but I think it's even even more clever if you've done it in an improvisational way. I think I think it must be harder to pull a strand of subtext through thirty minutes. It's either you're you're really lucky, you're really good, or it's really well edited. It's one of those three, isn't it? Really, don't you think? Uh, or it could be a, could it be a mix of those? Well, I guess yeah, it could be. I'd need to go away and think about that. Yeah, um, yeah, and I was going to do a quick plug because I have some experience of directing ad libri um if anyone wants to uh, go to my solo project londonpodcast.net um my latest work going forward that was built actually around um i've lost shane now he hates it when i promote myself no i don't Um, no i'm just thinking i must give myself a solo project i feel really i feel (laughs) well you've just referenced something which i felt i was excluded from so uh, well, That's the hurt. It was a thought. I, I, I can't. I can't send you everything. <laughs> well, write it down. I try and WhatsApp you most of them, but I can't do all of them. Yeah, and in the middle of the night as well, which is a bit spooky <laughs> when you're being voyeuristic. I, I just don't get it. I can't do all of maybe them. Maybe your That's... marriage isn't as <laughs> maybe your marriage isn't as happy as it appears. <laughs> um, but but anyway, all I was going to say was that, concentrate and calm down. Calm down. Um, is that I find this process fascinating but boy did i pay for it in the edit because the hours i put into the edit i won't say it was solid three weeks but it was the main thing i was doing few hours a day over three weeks that is time arguably i could have been writing a script and saying could you read these words please dear actors but they're fabulous at ad-libbing that's why i get away with and it. the problem is then the the better they are at it the more you want to keep and the more and then you and then you're trying to and it's not like editing on the page is it you don't you don't no, see it no. as an as an entity as an as an entire page of of dialogue that you know that's that's yeah. the difficulty with it i know i i, I accept that I, I i don't just 
the, the main don't answer the other questions then the main question then <laughs> the voyeurism one. yeah I, I, isn't there there is something to be said about people like listening in eavesdropping on other conversations and, and that's where yeah, i felt I, just, we came I was from. thrown by the v word because that sounds dodgy and can end you up in court but if you're talking about curiosity i mean i'm terrible i'll eavesdrop um, when i pass people while i'm out running i'll take one ear off of my headphones which are ear splitting volume listening to music uh. just as i pass them just in case i mean it's partly sometimes because they're friendly folk around here, they'll say hi, morning, whatever, evening, as appropriate. But they also, I want to hear their conversations. Right. Um, and you only get about half a second as you pass them at blisteringly high speed. So I think, I think you might be overthinking it in that, I, it's just, to me, I, it's, it's being human, isn't it? Just being interested in other people. Yeah, being a little bit nosy sometimes. Yeah, I, like I say, I'll go back to one of my my initial comments at the start. I did feel like I was on the trip with them, and and I really, I which really, is what you mean. Yeah, that means it's absorbing. That's, yeah, that's good. I really enjoyed it. I really did. You know, I kind of wanted to be where, there with them in the way. You know, and and and. Well, I was going to look at prices for rooms at the Inn at Whitewell, which has its own website. Of course, it is the genuine place. Mm. I imagine they um, they were very canny there. You're not going to refuse being a location, even if you have to shut a few rooms for a couple of days for the uh, film crew. Um, and, you know, 10 years on, we're still talking about the Inn at Whitewell. Yeah, it came out of it well, didn't it, really? But uh, have you booked anything? <laughs> have, have you, have you, is it a double or a I twin? didn't get as far. I, I just know I can't afford it. Oh. Um, but hopefully Magda will still be there. Um, whether or not she recognises I'm a podcast celebrity is down to her. That's why he takes his headphones um, off everybody, so that just in case he goes, <laughs> Adrian Lacey from the uh, from from his solo project, the London Podcast. <laughs> yeah, thank you, LondonPodcast.net. Anyway, it's that time to score out of five. Who goes first? Definitely you this time. Who goes Oh, lovely. I guess what? I'm going to fall back on the Lacey Classic three and a half out of five. Okay. And that's sort of an average between the lurching, between wanting to lay into it after the first viewing and then wanting to love it after the second viewing and indeed loving lots of aspects of it. So it's sort of, yeah, it covers both bases. Okay. Um, I will give it a four and a half, I think. <gasps> I think it is... In time to come, I think it will be a classic. I think if people recognise the dialogue, the um, like I say, the multi, the multi strand, the layering that they do underneath, where you kind of you're you're also telling the story of the people that are involved as well with such a small cast. Um, I just for me, just it was as close to perfection as you can probably get with comedy. Um, that's not bad, particularly uh, given the ad library as well. I, I, I love it. I mean, I must admit, I did the things that annoyed you were bonus points for me, like like the talking over each other. I, I just, I just mm. think God, that's so authentic. You know, that's and it's it's the antithesis of hello, Mister Smith. Why are you holding that gun? You know what I mean? It's that. It's, it's yeah, the complete yeah. opposite of that. And I just, I just loved it. I loved it. Four and a half for me. Eight out of ten cats. I mean, for <laughs> Again. for the trip. Um, yeah, yeah, love that one. Love that one. Um, homework for next week. Yes, pen is poised. Well, I was torn. I was gonna, I was gonna give you one rip torn or just just torn. torn. I was, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna give you some homework that I thought, oh, I'm not sure if they like this, and I think that's always a bad place to come from. 
<laughs> but isn't that the norm? Because oh, I think it's actually, I think it's something that you've said, I don't like this. I don't, but, oh, that, that, that's often a clue. Or was I being ironic and meaning the exact opposite? And, but you've given me so much a vicarious pleasure with this that I kind of feel guilty <laughs> about uh, about doing that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a blind taste test for us again. Ooh, and I think this ooh, is actually another in. Sky offering uh, as, the, uh, as the trip later became. Um, right. This star. If I said to you, uh, "You have a beautiful body," would you hold it again? <laughs> well, that is that is one question, but we'll do that after we've finished. If I said to you, Julia Davis, Nighty Night? No, no, no. That's going to be. No, that's what I would have said. That would have been my response as well. Mm. But we're going to go off off piste into the unknown. <laughs> off piste. Um, it's. I think it's her late. I think it's the last thing that she's done. Actually, I don't think she's done anything since this. Uh, I'd have to check. Mm. Uh, but it's fairly recent. It is called Sally Forever. Oh, that was one of those that was on the bucket list that I never got round to. So thank you for giving me an excuse. Don't ask me anything else about it. I can't tell <laughs> I you. Won't. I don't know. I've seen the trailer, and that's about it. And I was so obviously we'll do series one, episode one. I don't think they've done another series since. Whether that's a good sign or a bad sign, who knows? Uh, but yeah, Julia Davis in Sally Forever. I think it's one of her creations as well, isn't it? Um, mm. And there's a, there's a tie-up, isn't there? Of course, between uh, Rob Brydon and Julia Davis. I don't know if you know that. Uh, Human Remains. They worked together on, oh. um, which was another uh, Henry Normal. Uh, Baby Cow production, I think. But yeah, uh, Sally Forever for next week. Lovely. Series 1, Episode 1. It remains to encourage you to follow us on Twitter, at Comedy Slab, where you'll see that hilarious um, sketch, uh, or a clip at least, uh, from um, Yes Minister, uh, which could be all about a certain virus that's um, tragically doing the rounds at the moment. Uh, But the the laughter is not about uh, the medical side of things, it's the administrative side of things. Um, so at Comedy Slab on Twitter, and it's also the same handle at Comedy Slab, uh, the Facebook page, if you could like that and uh, follow us on Twitter. Um, thanks again to Mrs. Logic from Viz, and I think uh, it's only fair to encourage you to follow her as well at Mrs. Logic from Viz, who has in her mini biog at the top of the um, Twitter page, uh, sentient being. Uh, uh, unless tired or something, I'm, I'm ad libbing. I haven't got it in front of me, so um, <laughs> that sounds good to me. And uh, she's got a blog as well. A very interesting person. And coincidentally, I only, you may or may not believe this. It's absolutely true, though. I only spotted tonight that she's given us a lovely five-star out of five-star rating on iTunes stroke Apple Podcasts. So thank you for that. And that's not the reason we uh, uh, did the trip, because I hadn't seen it by the time I set the homework. So um, we love you for that. And let me encourage uh, people who aren't Mrs. Logic to uh, give us a, a, a nice big um, starry thumbs up on iTunes. Thank you in advance. Also, thanks to uh, to Adrian as well, Adrian Bailey, who's given us a lovely review. Well, I say lovely review on uh, Facebook, uh, on our Facebook page, which is also at Comedy Slab. Uh, and he's put an entertaining show that's not just two guys rambling on about nothing. <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> is that what you call a backhanded compliment? I'll I'll take it anyway. Is that irony or sarcasm? I never know the difference between the two. But uh, Adrian, thank you very much for taking the time. We do appreciate that. Uh, don't forget if you want to catch up with back episodes of the Comedy Slab. Uh, maybe you're going off on holiday. Take us with you because we could do with the rest. Uh, don't forget you can catch us on uh, Spreaker and Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Um, 
Spotify, and also there's a kind of semi-visual kind of thing going on on YouTube where you've got all the back issues as well. It remains for me to say, um, weren't the scallops a bit hot? <laughs> I was going to say, young Master Adrian, <laughs> that I am now going to work on my Michael Caine impression, but lower my voice and make it more wheezy. <laughs> and, and do it down the nose. Forget the sad element as well. <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.